This is the Stand Out Get Notice podcast, episode 65. You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hello there, you excellent human. Welcome to episode 65 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors, and this is the fourth and final episode in the series on communicating with different personality styles. In part one, we gave you an overview. In part two, we talked about how to work with very direct people, so the director. Part three was all about working with the socializer. And this week is all about how to work with the analyzer and the supporter personality styles. Now, if you missed the first three parts of this series, I suggest you go back and listen to those episodes. So that's episodes 60, uh, 62, 63, and 64. All right, let's get into it. We'll start with the analyzer personality type. And this personality type can also be called the thinker or the owl, if you're looking at the animals, personality types that we discussed with with Ralph in episode 62. And they can also be known as the thinker. And if you're looking at the colors, I think they're the green personality style. Yeah, the green and the analyzer is very process driven they're 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 focused on tasks they're the problem solver the the worker bee they like getting things done and getting them done right and this personality style is the opposite of the socializer which is what i spoke about last week now it's important to be able to communicate with the analyzer because they're the ones who actually get stuff done you know when a socializer says yeah 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 we'll worry about the details later Well, the analyst, the analyzer, is the person who actually takes care of those details. So what do they look like? Well, they tend to have like a serious, thoughtful face as they're usually thinking about the details of a problem that they're working on. They're most likely overanalyzing all the information. So it doesn't mean that they're angry. It just means that they're deep in thought. Analyzers tend to speak quietly and they don't show much emotion. They prefer to observe social interactions and collect information about those people before deciding whether to form a relationship with them or not. In the, with the way that they dress, they're more concerned with function over how it looks. So they'll tend to wear just the simplest basic attire that does the job without too much flair or decoration or whatever. Now, like the director personality style, the analyzer focuses on tasks and results rather than relationships. So this means that at work, they're more interested in how the project is being carried out and the process that in which it's being carried out rather than how everyone's getting along or how happy everyone is. The analyzer doesn't make a lot of small talk. They tend to be quite guarded and they won't share much about themselves unless they really trust you because trust is important to them. In terms of job roles, analyzers could be engineers, research scientists, accountants or auditors, uh, technicians, programmers, any role that requires precision, details or numbers. They're very good with with details and doing things properly, anything that has a real uh, process to it. 
Now, analyzers in leadership positions can often be difficult to work with as they tend to micromanage. And because they strive for perfection, they end up doing all the work themselves and they find it hard to delegate. And if you have a manager or a boss who is an analyzer personality style, you might be able to to relate to this, to them sort of checking every little detail that you've done and sometimes even taking over and doing it themselves because they know that's how it's going to get done. Well, that's how they think it's going to get done in the best way. Now, bringing this back to the public speaking side, how do you communicate with an analyzer when you're presenting to them? Now, I spoke about this in the last few episodes. Remember, when you're presenting to all four personality types, you've got to get to the point quickly at the start to satisfy the director personality type, and then you've got to hit the socializer with the big, exciting idea, right? You've got to get them happy first because they have the least amount of patience. And once you've got those guys satisfied, then you can go more into the details to keep the analyzer happy. I've heard stories of people going into job interviews where they got along really, really well with one of the people, you know, they had a great conversation and then they were asked to go back to another interview and they were confused as to why, because they thought, well, hang on, we got along really well, like, why do I need to come back? And then they found out that they were actually meeting with the analyzer personality type, the, the other person who wanted to hear more of the details. They weren't satisfied with, oh yeah, we all get along really well. They wanted to know, no, what can you actually do for us? How are you going to do it? So if you're, if you're called back into another meeting to meet with the same person again or, or a different person, just be aware that they might be those detailed process driven people that want to know more of the detail. It's, it takes more time for them to build up that trust in you. It's, it takes more than just, oh, we get along really well. Okay. Now, how do you communicate with an analyzer when you're approaching them, say to ask them a question or to make a request? Now, like the director, you don't need to make the small talk, but when you approach them, be aware that they're probably deep in thought. So if you just walk up to them and start talking to them, they most likely won't be able to focus on you until they're finished with the problem that they're working on. And they might, they might get a little bit annoyed if you know they're interrupted because they're right in the middle of this one problem. So what you can do is to ask them if now is a good time. They'll need to process in their heads whether they can fit you and your problem in in with all their other thought processes. Okay, so ask them if it's a good time. And when you ask them a question or you propose a new idea, just know that they'll need to process all those details and weigh up the pros and cons before they give you an answer. So if you say to them, hey, we have this idea to do X and it's going to be amazing, don't feel discouraged if they slowly answer, well, we'll need to think about what's involved and how long it'll take and who will approve it and blah, 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 all right? You need to be patient, answer their questions and give them the time to process it. And you're much more likely to get a positive response than if you just focus on the results or how much fun it'll be and everyone else is on board, let's go do it. Okay, they they want to hear that process and they need to be able to process it in their minds. And when you're answering questions from an analyzer, just know that they will most likely ask for those details or they'll want to know how you're going to go about doing it. So make sure that you really prepare for those sorts of questions. 
Be clear and concise when you speak and step them through the process. So maybe right now you're thinking about the different analyzer personality styles that you work with or that, or that you know, maybe they're a spouse or a family or another family member. And maybe you are an analyzer too. So as you, as you listen to this, you know, maybe you're thinking about, okay, how can I better communicate with this person? And if you implement just one little thing, what I've shared with you and, you know, implement that thing, see if it works, see if it makes it easier to communicate with them. See if they're, they're less frazzled or, or they're more likely to give you a positive response when you ask them something. Give it a go and, and see what works. Okay, now let's move on to the final personality style that I'm going to share in this series, and that's the supporter. And the supporter is all about relationships, and they care more about others than themselves, and they want everyone to get along. They're the opposite of the director. And they might, and they're also known as, uh, they're the dove in the, the animal personality style. They're the, I think they're the blue in the color personality style test that you do. And they're also called the relator, you know, so very relatable, easy to get along with and very supportive. Now it's important that you learn to communicate well with the supporter because they're the ones who keep the peace. They're the listening ear for you to vent to. They're the ones who make sure that everyone's happy. They're very relationships focused and they work really well with teams. So you want to be able to communicate well with them because they have, they tend to have good relationships with most people and they like to keep everyone happy. So if you want to be in a, a nice, supportive, happy, peaceful work environment, then they're, then they're the people that you want to have on board. So what does a supporter look like? Generally, they'll have an open, kind face. You know, they make good eye contact and they're very good at listening. They're very patient. They're courteous and quite friendly. They have very good relationships with people. And when you speak to them, they'll tend to ask about you first before talking about themselves. And they can often be uncomfortable talking about themselves because they don't like the spotlight being on them. So to avoid this, they just ask you a lot of questions and they show a lot of interest in what you're doing. And this can often make you feel really warm and fuzzy and you go, oh, this person's so nice, when really all they're doing is showing interest in you. They are most likely to have photos of family and friends on their desks at work and they tend to get flustered by pushy, aggressive behavior. In fact, they will avoid confrontation at all costs as they prefer to keep the peace. But sometimes this means that they stay in a negative situation to avoid creating conflict. So it's something that, that they need to work on, you know, to change the situation for the better. In terms of their dress, they dress fairly conservatively so as not to draw too much attention to themselves. They can still look nice and stylish, of course, but they don't want to be too outlandish and, and stand out. And finally, supporters aren't a big fan of risk. So they're similar to the analyst in that they like to hold back a little bit and they're sort of afraid of a lot of change because they do like a stable environment. You may see supporters in roles such as social worker roles in community services, a personal assistant or secretary roles. They might be in customer service. They could be teachers or also family doctors or nurses. All right, now let's move on to how to communicate with a supporter in presentations. 
Now, this one's pretty easy as they most likely just want the group to, to be having a, a good time and and to be getting along. They're not going to lose patience with the presentation very quickly, unlike the directors and the socializers. Now, if you are speaking to a group of supporters or if the decision maker is a supporter, make sure that you highlight the stability of the ideas and assure them that you're mitigating the risks involved because they are quite risk averse. Now, how do you approach a supporter? Just like the socializer, you can start with a bit of small talk. I wouldn't launch straight into a really direct question as this will only fluster them. So you can ask them how they are and they'll most likely respond with a question about you, right? And if you ask if now is a good time, they'll most likely say, oh, yes, 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 just to keep the peace. Even if they're busy, they may not want to say, oh, no, can you come back because they'll be afraid of hurting your feelings. So if you can see that they are really busy, just tell them gently that you're happy to come back and speak to them later and they'll appreciate that. Now, when you do ask them a request or a question, be a bit softer in the language that you use. So, for example, instead of saying, hey, did you get that report done? The client needs it today. Say something like, oh, hi, Kate, can I talk to you about that report that we're working on? Well, we just heard back from the client and they're hoping that we can deliver it by the end of the day. Do you think that would be possible? And the same is as when you're answering a question from them. If you're a very direct person Be patient if they take a long time to ask a question. So if they say, oh, hi, Sam, how are you? Oh, good. Okay, that's great. Okay, so I was just wondering about that meeting we scheduled for next Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll be able to, you know, blah, 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 blah. If If they're asking a question like that, don't snap, yes, yes, what's the question? Or tap your fingers on your desk impatiently, right? This will only fluster them. Let them ask the question and then reply in a similar manner. Remember to be courteous and show appreciation for them. So instead of saying, yep, yep, go for it, say, oh, yes, yes, I'm sure that will be fine. Thanks so much for your help, right? And give them a smile. Now, that's that's how you communicate in their language. You're communicating the same thing, but by changing your language to the way that they communicate, you'll be much more effective and they'll feel less stressed. Plus, they'll be more comfortable and confident to approach you, you know, other, at other times. Now, changing your language like this is not hard to do. It's actually fairly easy, but it's also easy not to do it. It's so easy to revert to our default way of communicating without thinking of the other person. So I challenge you to really make the effort and to do those small, easy things that will make a big difference to your effectiveness. And this is not just at work. This is also in your personal relationships. And that brings us to the end of this series on communicating with different personality types. If you're interested to learn more, there are a bunch of resources online and books dedicated to this topic. And what I'll do is I'll put links to them in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash personality styles. So go to thecmethod.com slash personality styles. I'll pop a, li- a list there of all the different resources that I've, I find, find quite helpful and that you can go and check out too. Now, there are, of course, these personality tasks, st- uh, tests that you can do to find out which style that you are. But if you've listened to the last few episodes, you've probably got a good idea if your primary personality style is a director, a socializer, an analyzer, or a supporter. And it's all well and good to know which style you are, 
but it's more important to recognize other people's personality styles so that you can change the way you communicate with them. So your challenge this week is to observe the people that you spend time with, whether it's at work, in your social life, or in your family life, and just mentally note down what style they are. Now, remember that people can also have a secondary personality style and also that people can change from one to another depending on what phase they're at in their life. So just because someone was an analyzer as a teenager doesn't mean that they're going to be that for the rest of their life, okay? For example, I'm very much a socializer personality type, if you hadn't guessed already, but since starting my own business, I've also taken on many director traits. And uh, generally, your secondary personality type will be of the style of the neighboring quadrant. Okay, so if you picture a circle cut into four quarters, the top left, let's say that's the director, top right is the socializer, bottom left is the analyzer, and bottom right is the supporter. And whichever style your primary is, your secondary is most likely to be the neighboring quadrant. So if you're a director, your secondary style may be a socializer or an analyzer, because that's to the to the right and down of the director. And if you're a supporter, your secondary style might be a socializer or an analyzer. Does that make sense? But it's it's very unlikely that you'll take on the traits of the opposite quadrant. So the director is the opposite of the supporter and the socializer is the opposite of the analyzer. And in fact, you may find that your partner or spouse is in the opposite quadrant to you. Like they say, opposites attract, right? Alrighty, again, you can head to thecmethod.com slash personality styles for a list of resources you can check out to learn more about communicating with different personalities. And that brings us to the end of episode 65. I'm heading off tomorrow to Hong Kong for a few days and then to the US to speak at the Podcast Movement Conference in Chicago, which I cannot wait for. And oh, on the topic of conferences, next week's episode is about how to make the most out of conferences. I'll be sharing with you why it's worth the huge time and money investment and how to have an enjoyable, stress-free time, even if you're an introvert and feel nervous being around all of those people. Alrighty, I'll talk to you then. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. 